Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Scoopy Radio. In your airwaves, on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, most importantly, that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast on all platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBeatRadio.com. And on the line right now was, is, the 18th pick in the 1992 NBA draft, UCLA legend, none other than and NBA champion, none other than Tracy Murray. Tracy, welcome to Scoop B Radio. Man, I appreciate being on here. Thanks for having me on, Scoop B. Of course, man. And and it's crazy because like to see you or to have you on the podcast is pretty cool. I remember seeing you and saying, "Wait, is that Tracy Murray?" And then I saw Tracy Lang, and I was like, "Wait, wrong lights can do." <laughs> you know, it's fun. it was funny. as Trajan Lakeman played. Uh, I played against him over in Europe, uh-huh. and uh, and he played against my brother uh, all through high school. So Trajan is, is cool. Is a good friend of mine. You, it's crazy. Um, I remember you from the days of of wearing a Portland Trailblazers jersey because one of my friends, like he has the guy who actually produces the show, DJ Maniel. He at the time was working at a um, at a school in the Bronx, and when we started the early days days of Scooby Radio, I was like, "Yo, come outside!" And he had on a Blazers jersey. At first, I thought it was like I thought it was Clyde Dressler. He's like, "Nah, this is Tracy Murray." Like, you don't see many people wearing Tracy Murray Blazers jerseys, but I remember you from those days. What were those Blazers days like? Wow, Tracy Murray Blazer jersey—that was a new one on me right there. Man, that's an honor to have yeah. somebody wear your jersey. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't sell too many jerseys in my day, but you know the the jerseys I I did sell, man, it, it's it's truly an honor and and uh, I'm really appreciated. But the, the Blazer days was um, the beginning, man. It's rough. It was rough. You know, you you come in and you expect to um, blossom as a star coming out of college early, and you got a reputation of being able to play and have you know can score and. 
And then, oh, by the way, you're going to a team that just came from the finals full of veterans. You know, so now you're not going to play. And telling a 20-year-old kid that he's not going to play, well, I wasn't told. It was just insinuated. You know, it's just one of those things that you had to pick up on your own that you weren't going to play no matter how hard you worked because these guys were trusted. They just came from the finals against Michael Jordan. These guys are, you know, coach is going to ride and die with these guys. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it was a struggle for me at the beginning in the first three years in the NBA. When I looked at those Blazers days, um, I look at <clears throat> Clifford Robinson, Kevin Duckworth, uh, Talent. Clyde Drexler, Hoopers, uh, legends. Uh, <laughs> I believe he was the head coach of that team. No, um, it was um, it was Rick Adelman. That's what I meant. The yeah. other, the, 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 I used to get them confused. Yes, it was Rick Adelman. It was the Brooklyn Cat, Rick Adelman. Yeah. Um, when I when I look at that team, um, it seemed like Clyde never got the respect he deserved because Michael was the top shooting guard in the league. How right. lethal was he for those who may not remember? And and you got to also remember, Clyde was in a smaller market. So when it comes to marketing nationally, nobody really marketed the Trailblazers. So you missed out on a lot of great things that Clyde did. And, um, you know, he was my vet. So um, being in practice every day, you, you saw stuff and, I was in the trade with him to Houston. So so I was around Clyde my first three years, uh, really close to him. So um, to be able to guard him in practice, to be able to pick his brain uh, just just on, on the business of the NBA and how things work and him being that veteran, uh, even as great as he was, he was always that guy to be able to pull your coattails and, and tell you to be patient. Your time has come and just keep working. It meant everything in the world to me to have a legend, a, a dream teamer, um, a Hall of Famer, you know, to be able to rub elbows with a guy like that and, and, and his greatness, it, it meant the world to me. And I made a mistake. Uh, Mike Dunleavy was from Brooklyn. Adelman is from the state of California, Linwood, California, to be exact. Uh, most people who are listening may remember Adelman from the Sacramento King days. Right, right. Uh, when, when he coached the Sacramento Kings, uh, ran the legendary Princeton offense under Pete Carell, and uh, all that good stuff. Um, well, another thing, another thing is both of them did coach for the Blazers. So, you know that that's something that that you can confuse too. And so it's an honest honest mistake too. Oh, sure, for sure, for sure. Scoopy Radio on the line talking with Tracy Murray, uh, UCLA legend, 1995 NBA champion. Um, when I think of that Blazers team um, many people know uh, you know obviously Carmelo Anthony is now a member of the Portland Trail Blazers many people happy say he's Steve, back in the league by the way I, psh, Stevie Wonder could see that people are happy man you know it, right. it was one of those things where I've always heard of Phoenix being a place where people can revitalize their career it seems like Portland is the Ponce de Leon the, the, the fountain of youth for, for Melo how important is an environment like for, for someone like Melo to kind of pick up where he started from a year later? Well, it's a, it's a smaller market. You know, Melo can, can go up in there with, with two really, really good guards and uh, feed off of them. You know, we know that they both shoot a lot, but they also make plays. And when you have a respected scorer on your team like 
Carmelo, of course, you're going to try to get him the ball in places where he can be effective. And and he can go do his thing without being too much on the radar. He can kind of fly below the fly stealth below the radar and still uh, play pretty well for them. I've never been to Portland before, although it's on my list of things to do. What is there to do out there? Well, make sure you bring an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but but back when, when uh, Rod Strickland and, 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 uh, and Clifford Robinson and all of us were on the same team, it was a different Portland, Oregon than it is now. I go up there every year because of UCLA basketball broadcasting, so I have to pass through Portland, and I see the city, and I've seen how much it's grown. Uh, it's actually a city that I, I can live in now. You know, back then, there wasn't very much to do, and it rained all the time. And I mean, when you're 20 years old and you're active and you want to get out and you want to do things and there's nothing to do, you know, you can be it can be depressing. You being in your house all the time, you know. With shoot, a, a club was like a like a steakhouse. You know, that was that was the club. It was like a you know an old school Black Angus restaurant. And it's like this is the spot, you know, or or Champions up in the Marriott. That was the spot in Portland. And you're sitting there like this is the spot, but you know. You know, when you my age now, and all you want to do is play golf, and you just you just hope that the the sun come out so I can get outside and go play. You know, but the summertime is beautiful up there. It's green. It's an outdoors place. You can go fish. You can do all kinds of stuff. But they do have a lot more things. They're more up to date with you know stores, and they've always had good restaurants. But you can actually like enjoy the city of Portland now to where I, I, I kind of took it for granted, didn't really enjoy it back then because it wasn't really that much to do. We talked about the Portland Trailblazers uniforms. Like, what is what is actually a blazer? I never understood what a trailblazer was. <laughs> you, you got me on that one. I just wore the <laughs> uniform and went out there and tried to represent it the best I could. Not you know, bad. And I always loved the colors of the uniforms, though. It was especially the black uniforms. It was intimidating. Yeah, yeah. That number double zero, Kevin Duckworth wore it. Duck. Yeah, uh-huh. Duck was. A, he was a force, man. He was a, a really good dude. God rest his soul, man. Now uh, the the world is missing a a, a gentle giant with with him gone. And you got to throw Jerome Kersey out there too as well. He's gone from that team, and God rest his soul too. Those two were best friends and. They're 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 in heaven right now, hanging out, and uh, I miss those two guys. They were good guys. The Blazers um, struggled at the beginning of the season. Um, mm-hmm. there, there seems to be some a level of continuity. They're trying to find Carmelo Anthony on Monday was named the NBA's Western Conference Player of the Week. Uh, the Blazers visited the Western Conference Finals last year. How much tougher is it going to be in the NBA's Western Conference uh, this year with the Lakers and the Clippers team that's supercharged to make it to the finals? And then you got to throw a, a Houston out there as well. You know, uh, the West has always been tough. It's always been the wild, wild West. It's always hard to succeed and hard to win the Western Conference. And there's no even no guarantee for the LA teams to win it as good as they are. There's no guarantee. They got to go out and, and win. They got to go out and, and Hope no one gets hurt and continue to grind it out throughout the 82-game season. And 
and be ready for that that sixteen game sixteen win sprint. You know, it's it's still a lot of basketball left, and and these guys can't you know just assume that they're going to be there. They got to continue to play throughout the Western Conference. Tracy, um, when I look at um, Blazer royalty, we talked about the '90s with Clyde Drexler. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about, um, you know, even before Drexler, you had Bill Walton. You had, you know, a myriad of guys who just um, are staples. With one guy that I think is was legendary and his time was cut short in the NBA was Brandon Roy. Yes, awesome. Who would you compare him to in today's modern NBA era? Compare him to? It's hard to compare him to, man, because he, he was in a, a class by himself. I mean, this dude can score from anywhere, can defend. He's one of those, He's one of the only guys that can give Kobe problems. Hmm. You know, he, he he had many battles with Kobe. Um I can't even compare him to anybody nowadays. He he was just that that good man, and um, it's it's unfortunate that injuries come into play and, and cut a great player like Brandon Roy's career short because he was definitely a superstar blossoming at the time. And you know, if he was able to play all the way through his career, he would have been on the Blazing Mount Rushmore. That's for sure. Hmm. In 1989, excuse me, McDonald's All-American, Tracy Mariela on Scoopy Radio, talking all things NBA, UCLA legend. uh, You played uh, for the Washington Wizards. It just in doing some research, a.k.a. Wikipedia, I (laughs) I learned that you were one of only seven Washington Wizards players to have scored 50 or more points in a game. That includes Michael Jordan, Bradley Bill, Gilbert Arenas. Do you remember, King. Do you remember the night you, you scored it? What did you eat for breakfast that morning? <laughs> I don't remember what I ate for breakfast, but I do remember, you know, every time I go up into that arena, the Oakland Coliseum, um, where the Warriors play, not not their current home now, where they, where they won the championships at. Uh, walking up in there was always something special for me. I had an automatic confidence and a bounce to my step um, because of what I did in the state championship there. I, I still um, I tied Rick Barry's record in, in, in my out by scoring output in the state championship that night uh, in 1989. I had 64 points and 19 rebounds in the state championship and and uh, so I'm, I'm remembered by a lot of ushers and, and people who were there that night. So walking into that arena, I'm always constantly reminded of it. Ushers telling me, oh, you're not going to come out here and score 64, are you? And then sometimes they even inflate the numbers and say 70 or whatever. But it, it's, it's it's always a good feeling going in a building that you played well at mm-hmm. and, and that you succeeded in. So... um. I knew we were shorthanded. No Juwan, no Chris. We only had seven guys. We signed Lawrence Bolton earlier that day mm-hmm. um, to be our eighth guy because you got to have eight guys on the roster. And so I knew it was going to be a lot of minutes. 
we were fresh off the all-star break. Uh, I was in a three-point contest that year. I felt like an all-star, even though I wasn't an all-star. Um, but participating in all-star weekend, you feel special. Um, so I had a different type of confidence going into that game. Um, I knew I was going to start, which I didn't do very much in my career. And uh, I was I knew I wasn't going to be looking over my shoulders. I can make as many mistakes as as I wanted to, and I and and or, or that would have happened. And I knew I wasn't going to be yanked out of the game because we were shorthanded. So um, just went out there and hooped, and you know, and one thing led to another, and I caught a, a rhythm, and Rod was finding me, and Rod was clicking, and uh, I tell you, everybody look at my fifty point game, and I had fifty and eight that night, and but Rod Strickland had a monster triple-double. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like 22, 12, and 20 or something like that. And it was it was a monster, monster triple-double. And we both share a special night on my 50 night. You talked about Rod Strickland. Uh, yes. I had him on the Scoopy Radio podcast. And last- Man, he's the GOAT. Yes, that dude, That dude right there is probably the best guard I've ever played with, man. And and for him not to have been a perennial all-star, you know, you know how political the league is mm-hmm. when, when that type of deal happens. It doesn't matter if you like doing interviews or if you like doing all the extra stuff they want you to do or not. If you can play like he did, you deserve to be on a bunch of all-star teams. I don't care what anybody says. His godson, Kyrie Irving, is a starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. And Rod told me um, that he thinks that Kyrie's game would translate in you guys' 90s era. Here's a trick question for you. With Rod's game, how well would Rod's game translate in today's NBA era? Rod would be even better in, in this NBA era because of how spread out everyone is, how everyone's standing behind the three-point line now. There is no help, and he is going to get in the paint. He was getting in the paint with help when guys wasn't taking that many three-point shots, and he was finishing against shot blockers like Shaq and Zoe and Matumbo, you know, and people that was up in there blocking shots. He was finishing. Now, could you imagine not keeping a guy 6'3", 6'4", point guard, strong shoulders, able to finish off the bump, had that special New York City uh, finishing flare around the rim, you know, he did. You don't need when you as talented as Rod Strickland. You don't need a three point shot to fit in this era. You just need to be able to break your man down and make a play. Yeah. And if there's no help at the rim, that's going to be a layup drill all day for him. And with players standing behind the three point line, even four and fives, hmm. it's a layup drill. He he would have been averaging close to thirty a game easy. Kenny Smith was on the Scoopy Radio podcast a couple years ago. Uh, I went viral when I asked him, you know, had Michael Jordan not retired, uh, would the Bulls still have won those two championships uh, that that you Rockets won and won you or the team you were on in 95? And he told me, you know, we would have beat them, no question. Um, that Orlando Magic team was tough. They were a young team. What were your recollections of Michael Jordan when he returned in 95? How tough was he? Michael was tough, period. You know, and and when he was making his comeback, we were playing pickup games at the Jordan Dome when he was filming Space Jam because, you know, a lot of us were in there as extras and stuff like that. And, 
you know, he was tough then. That was off a couple years of, of playing baseball. You know, he still hadn't lost a step, you know. He was just knocking the rust off. He was still Michael Jordan, you know. And then he came back and, and, and continued to, and you saw what he did when he came back, you know. But to piggyback on what Kenny Smith was saying, Kenny was my teammate for, uh, you know, one of those championships, and he got two of them with, with, with Dream. There was no answer with Chicago for Akeem Olajuwon. No answer. He was the most dominant big man that I've ever played with and I've ever seen. And, and no, no shade to Shaq. No shade mm-hmm. to him at all. I played with him and Shaq. No shade. But Akeem Olajuwon, was he what he did to David Robinson, what I witnessed in front row, what he did to David Robinson, that was an MVP year. I've never seen a center do that to anybody, ever. And I've seen Kareem all through my childhood, you know, kill people. But what Hakeem Olajuwon did, he was the destroyer. I've never seen a great center look like a college player against a a pro. It it was just a one-way butt-kicking. And I, I've never seen that before in my life. It was Hezzy's in those dream shakes. Oh, man, he, like he a, was a shaking. The guard. He had people falling, shaking, and spinning all over the place. He had people turning the circles. But it, it's like there was no answer for him. Uh, Clyde was hungry coming from the Portland situation. Um, the way he, Houston was pretty much playing like they play now. But the only difference was it was inside out instead of picking rolls to threes. You know what I'm saying? It's like throw it in the dream, let him work, let him make the decision. We all stand behind a three-point line ready to clip somebody if they leave. And then the ball was moving. You know, if I didn't have a shot, you swing it. You know, Mario knocked down the three. Kenny had knocked down the three. Vernon had knocked down the three. Uh, and, um, um, Drexler would knock down the three. So so it's it's like – you know, you have so many people that that was a threat behind the three point line that it it was hard. It would have been hard for for you know. And then you look on the other side and you see Michael, but you, you got Clyde that that that's been trying to stand up to that challenge and, and stand it up for for the most part. You know, Vernon Maxwell was always great against Michael, so you had people in place for that matchup, but there was no one to stop Dream. Yeah, and and you you brought up something. Number one, when you look at that '90s era of basketball, um, to me, I think we were spoiled. We had David Robinson. We had at the at the big man position. We had David Robinson. We had Hakeem. Um, I mean, heck, Robert Parrish was playing until '96. He was on that Bulls championship. Right? Robert Parrish was he was he was a legend too. Mm-hmm. When you look at today's NBA. Uh, some people compare Joel Embiid to Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, that Joel is more of a, uh, I think he's a, a hybrid of Hakeem and Chris Webber in one. When you see Joel Embiid, do you see anybody else in today's game that reminds you of Hakeem Olajuwon? I don't see anybody else. And 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 honestly, you know, if Hakeem in his prime would destroy Embiid, in my opinion. In my opinion, you know, I may be wrong. I think Embiid is a great player. I think he has a lot of tools. He can do a lot. 
Um, Dream, I think, was quicker, more athletic. And I see Embiid, he's strong. He can run the court. But I, I've seen Dream, like, actually out-sprint guards down the court hmm. and, and dunk the ball. His Dream shakes were, were quick. You know, have you jumping all over the place? And then you try to assume where he's going. He feels you on his back and goes the other way. There were no double teams that can do anything with him. He was scoring on double teams. He would split double teams with the dream shake. He would, if you were slow, he would face you up and go to the dribble. No different than Embiid. Embiid had three-point range. Back then, bigs didn't have to have three-point range. They were, they were told to stay inside. You know, I, I think if there was an emphasis on bigs back then stepping out and shooting threes, I think Kareem would have developed a three. I think Dream would have developed a three. I think Pat Ewing would have developed a three because they could already shoot the basketball. Hmm. So, you know, it's just different eras. But it's hard to compare eras. It really, it really is. That's why I'm saying no shade to these guys because they're all great in their own right. You know, it's just it's just hard to compare errors because it's just different style of play. It's a it's a different it's different the way the officials call the games nowadays. You can't touch anybody. Yeah. So imagine not being able to touch Michael Jordan. Imagine not being able to touch Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Rod Strickland. You know, any of these greats. Shoot, Carl Malone, as physical as he was. Imagine not being able to touch him as much as he went to the free throw line in the physical era. Imagine him going, you know, not being touched in all the fouls he would draw in this era. Help me understand something. You mentioned something that I find very fascinating. Uh, I, I talked to Charles Barkley about it recently, the Jordan Dome, the Space Jam Dome. I, I was on yes. the front end of LeBron and Space Jam last summer, and um, I'm fascinated by, you know, now being a grown man, uh, just that dome. What did it look like? What did it smell like? What what was the day to day like of Michael Jordan's face Jam dome in L.A.? Well, if you know, if you parked outside the dome, you you walk up to these little, you walk in the little little area where the door was, and you walk into the door, you'll see the court. It was like the Long Beach Arena, old Long Beach Arena court, mm-hmm. uh, with two portable baskets on there. Um, to the left would be. Um, a, like a, a net where he, he can practice on his golf swing and hit the ball in the net. Um, there was like a poker table because guys like playing cards or whatever. Um, you look to the right, there were like chairs lined up along the court for, you know, a lot of stars and celebrities came in and watched the pickup games. Like who? Oh, shoot. The Wayans, Queen Latifah, the whole Space Jam staff. Um, Tons of comedians, tons, anybody that was somebody came through and watched. It, it, Black Hollywood was up in there. Wow. You know, everybody was there. Um, I, I, then you, you, like, straight across from the door where you enter, um, there's weights. There's weights all along there to where you can, like, where Mike can lift his weights. Uh, he had, like, a little dressing room. Uh, that I can almost remember it like like it was yesterday. Um, and one thing I do remember, um, it had lights in there and everything. They put portable lights up in the, in the dome part of it. Um, but the the pickup games were the best pickup games I've 
ever played in my life. And if I didn't improve as a player that summer, then I deserve no spot in the NBA. That's mm-hmm. how much, that's how intense it was. That's how many top players in the league was in there. It was like an NBA all-star game every day. And it was that type of talent. You And everybody was playing their natural positions. You didn't see fours playing fives or anything like that. I mean, you look at the five spots. It was Shaq, Zoe, Matumbo, Ewing. You look at the power forwards. You have, you know, Chuck and and and, and uh, Rodman and, and Oakley and, you know, some of the – Larry Johnson, some of the top power forwards – you know, Carl, if, if uh, he may have come in, I, I wasn't there if he came through, but it's like you had that type of caliber player in there. You know, point guard, you had Rod Strickland, Tim Hardaway, guys like that coming up in there. Twos, of course, you had Michael and Reggie and, you know, every top two guard in the league come in there. You had Scotty and Grant Hill in, in his prime. Grant Hill in his prime. You know, people forget about Grant Hill. Grant Hill in his prime was a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Rice, Steve Smith. I mean, it was it was it was for real up in there, and you're only going to seven. So you better had your game. You better be ready to strap it up and come on and, and perform right away, or else you're sitting for a couple of hours before you get back on. That's what the weight room was for. If you lose, go. You may as well go lift weights wow. because it's gonna be a while. It was intense up in there. Who was kicking whose ass one on one? You know what? The everybody would play team ball for the most part. I mean, you had the you know you even had the Jawan House and the Chris Webbers come up in there. They were young, but they came nice. up in there. Um, it, it was you know the Tellum and and uh, and uh, Michael's agent um, Falk. It was the Tellum yeah. and Falk clients. All you know they had pretty much everybody, anybody that was top. They so it was all of. Falk and tell them clients uh, was up in there, and so so it was, but but the most intense game that I remember was when Reggie and Mike were playing, and you know those two they get after it, you know, and they they have a little little history with each other. So um, even in pickup games, it's just like an NBA playoff with those two, and the most. Trash talking and physical, you know, in your face pickup game I've seen between two people, and it was to the point where we just passed it and watched them go. Shoot, here, get him back. Go, you go, go. Shoot, get him. Then on the other end, shoot, here, here's the ball back. Go get him. It was intense. It was, it was, it was a joy to watch. To be honest with you, to see two great players, two Hall of Famers have that much pride in a pickup game and not wanting to lose. You know, the the level of trash talk was disrespectful on both ends. <laughs> but but to see that, you know, nobody getting paid for this. This is the love. This is pride. This is respect. And to see that level during the summer was 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 incredible. Tracy Murray on the line, Scoopy Radio, uh, averaged uh, 18.3 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, and 1.5 assists per game, and made the Pac-10 All-Conference team. 
twice. Uh, for those who were tardy to the party as a junior, you averaged 21.4 points and seven rebounds and led the Pac-10 in three-point shooting at 50%. You helped lead uh, the team to the Elite Eight. Um, you declared for the draft in 1992. Do you ever? Do you miss those UCLA days? I do, especially being around watching where UCLA basketball is right now. Um, I, I really do miss those days. I really took for granted how good our team was. And all we could do is get to the Elite Eight. I mean, th- to be matched up with Indiana twice in one year is tough. You know, Indiana was, was, was very good that year. They, they, they whooped our behind in that Elite Eight game. Um, and we beat them the very first game of the season. And don't think that Bobby Knight didn't go to that videotape to say, okay, let's do this, let's do that, let's change this, let's change that, and we'll win the game. It was it was a, some very simple adjustments, but they it, it turned around in their favor tremendously. And um, that that year we had ten NBA players on one team. We were very talented. I just didn't think we probably didn't have enough balls because we had like six or seven McDonald's All-Americans on the team. We had six or seven guys that averaged over 30 a game in high school. I averaged 44. So it's like, you know, you got at some point, somebody's going to be unhappy they're not getting shots. So, I mean, it, that's that was the challenge with our team was, managing the talent and, and trying to get everybody to buy in the team. And, you know, everybody's got people tugging at them about what they want them to do. Everybody's got parents. Everybody's got travel ball coaches and AAU coaches and stuff. Everybody's got people tugging at them about what they need to do when they're on the floor. So, you know, it's, it was kind of hard. And in, in today's basketball, it's the same way. It's, it's hard for people to stay on the team page when they got people tugging at them, telling them what they need to do. The outside forces always ruin the team part of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 